0: Hey
1: everyone, welcome to Knick Knack Nerd. I'm Greg Burlett, and I'm here with my friend Anthony Keelan. And today we're talking about how to build your own computer. There's a lot of uh, kind of intricacies that go into building your own computer, and we're here to demystify that, teach you about all of the different components in a computer, kind of how they work on a, on a fundamental level, but not going too deep on a very where, high level, on a high fundamentally. Level. Fun- <laughs> Yes, of course. Uh, Just to to teach everyone what the different components are. Because when I'm talking about computers uh, to people, often people don't understand the difference between things like RAM and a hard drive and what they do. They both store information, but how do they actually differ? And why do you need RAM? Why do you need a hard drive? Um, And why can't you just have only RAM? Why do I need a hard drive? Exactly. Stuff like that. Um, So we're going to be talking about all these components how to put them together into a box, which is basically your case, and uh, how to load up an operating system onto your computer, and then how to use it. And why should you even build one yourself? Why should you? Exactly. Pick? What do you think? Uh, well, I think, for example, there's a lot of uh, pre-built systems that you can get basically anywhere in your city. You can go to places like Future Shop, Best Buy, Memory Express, all of these places have pre-built computers for you that you can just buy right off the shelf. Um, They're already all loaded up. They're tested. They have an operating system on them. Basically, you buy them. You take them home. You plug it in, give it power, give it internet, and there's your computer.
0: But it sounds good.
1: But it it sounds amazing until you realize the price could be lower depending on the components that you want to put into your machine Mm -hmm. you could be getting better hardware for the same price if you were to actually price match the the components that are in a pre-built machine versus what you could get for the same price you can get much better uh components in there for example more hard drive space better caching faster speeds faster spinning disk drives that kind of thing and uh well you can get what you want you can make it look pretty you can do um, all of your own cable management, all that kind of stuff. You can put LED lights in there, all the RGB you want, all the RGB that you want. You can chromify, or no RGB at
0: all if you hate RGB. And
1: that's true. RGB is red, green, blue lights. The lights. The lights. Yeah. Uh, so if you've seen computer uh, computers that are put together that have you know red LEDs in them or flashing between red, green, blue. Um stuff like, or even keyboards have that now, where the the keys actually light up and flash.
0: I mean, they can be other colors other than red, green, blue. They can represent the entire rainbow.
1: That's true. How inclusive of the computers?
0: Very inclusive.
1: Um so do you have anything to add, like why why build your own your own machine?
0: I think t- to me, the biggest thing is you get to control what goes in it and what goes on it. There's no uh, bloatware that goes on your computer. A lot of those pre-built machines have tons and tons of software that you don't need and or want on your computer. Um, and you just don't have to deal with it when you start from scratch. Um, and having the components that you've picked out in your computer is often, often best. Um, you don't need, like, what if I don't need 7 terabytes of hard drive space? What if I don't need, you know, 32 cores? Mm-hmm. What if I don't need 64 gigs of RAM? What if I do need 64 gigs of RAM? Mm-hmm. Right? It's, I think it's great to be able to make that choice for yourself instead of having someone else make it and then tell you how much it costs. Exactly.
1: Like there's a lot of, basically at the start of when you build a computer, you have to think about what am I going to be using it for? So that's kind of one of the, the first... Okay, I found this
0: on the web for how to start. Do you have to think about what am I going to be using it for? Check it out.
1: Thanks, Siri. Did anyone say, Hey Siri? No one said, Hey Siri. Didn't anyone say, hey. Yes. Hey, hey. <laughs> hey Siri, why
0: don't you know when we're talking to you? This is a prime example of a computer
1: that was built without my consent. That's true, and we, we, we can't change the internals of it. We can't uh, give it a, a frontal lobotomy and scramble Siri's brains, but we can turn it off. <laughs> That's hilarious. I love when that happens. It's so good. That's a voice recognition fail right there. Yeah, Apple notoriously bad at Siri.
0: Apple get better at Siri.
1: (laughs) Okay, I will do that. (laughs) But okay, so going back to why build your own PC, that's a really good point. So think about what am I going to be using it for? So if I'm going to be web browsing, I don't need a super hyper fast CPU with um, multi core um, I don't need a giant massive hard drive I'm just there browsing the web and I'm, I'm kind of a standard user, right? If I'm doing video editing and uh, some more I guess hardcore things that require a lot of memory, uh, you know I want more RAM, I want more things like that um, or if I'm doing machine learning, I want a massive GPU if I'm doing video gaming, I want a massive GPU.
0: You want a massive GPU, you want cpu with high clock speeds so you can get the frames you want
1: Mm -hmm. and we'll, we'll go into all these terms like what's a gpu what's a cpu all that kind of stuff and kind of explain everything um but i think that that kind of is a good summary of why to build your own pc versus taking one off the shelf
0: yeah definitely uh so the next thing i guess is you're gonna want to you know set a time set aside some time to build your pc First, got to do your research up front on what components you want to put in there. Uh, you know, we'll go through that later. Uh, but also, you need time to actually put anything together, do your cable management, um, you know, make sure put everything together and test it, load your operating system. You know, it takes lots of people probably an afternoon to an entire day to set it up, so you know, want to make sure you have that time set aside to do that.
1: mm mm-hmm. Uh So we, we've been both building machines since, I don't know, when did you start? When did you build your first PC?
0: Uh, I probably built my first PC when I was four years old with my dad.
1: Yeah, I I did the same with probably not four. I was probably like five or six. I still remember it very vividly. Um, so so I, I guess we're kind of experienced, and it still kind of takes us an afternoon to do all the cable management and, and put stuff in there. Um, but we recently had a friend, uh, John, who was building his first PC for... Mm-hmm. You know, that's what he was doing, right? And I think it took him probably a, at least a week of research to figure out what he wanted and then and then a couple of days to put it together right
0: yeah it's it's a quick moving industry right like every six months to a year there's new components that come out their specs are different they all don't work with each other so you have to make sure there's compatibility between your processor video card any bci express devices your ram all those things have to work nicely together otherwise uh, you could end up spending a lot of money and get a result that you know, is worse than if you had just gone out and bought something.
1: Yeah, that's very true. And part of doing your research, like as Anto mentioned, it is really quick moving. Uh, all of the parts do kind of change very frequently. Um, so I I like to go like whenever I buy a machine, I go to a shop that I trust. Um, when I go up to the counter and I kind of pick out what I want to put in my machine, and someone says hey, you know this motherboard that you picked out is triple channel RAM and the RAM that you selected doesn't work in there. Um, so that's really good versus buying stuff online where you would just buy the parts and you go to put it in and you're, you're kind of hooped at that point.
0: Yeah, so speaking of like buying parts
1: um, online,
0: uh, there's a couple tools. One of them, like PC Part Picker, a lot of people that build computers will know that it'll help you and do some of those like initial compatibility checks off the hop for you. So it won't let you buy a processor that doesn't work in your motherboard or RAM that won't work in your motherboard or, you know, a processor doesn't work with your RAM. Like it'll notify you of all those things. So you don't make one of those really glaring, horrible mistakes up front and be out like sometimes hundreds of dollars, mm-hmm. right? Or at least a trip back to the store to exchange it.
1: Right. And which I've, I've totally done before. I've totally had to bring parts back. Um, is there anything that can't be returned? Uh, I haven't had trouble returning, any computer parts
0: uh, ever so um, I think you know if if you go to a store reputable store that has you know good customer service they treat you well you while you're in there probably they'll be more than happy to help you out if, if you make a mistake and they don't catch it up front
1: yeah yeah I think that's that's very true um, what's the name of that website
0: the- uh, PC part picker Google that and you'll find it right off the hop cool it'll be in the show notes as well
1: and does it do um... Uh, wattage for power supply, like we'll let you know uh, how much energy, all the parts that you are picking, how much it requires. I'm
0: not sure if that specific site does. It's been a while since I used it. Um, in the past, I've used, uh, you know, different websites, usually just Google, like, uh, computer power consumption calculator and go from there.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, block out a good portion of your afternoon and, you know, a couple days of research yeah. to, to pick out what you want.
0: Yeah, if it's your first time, make sure you leave more time than you, you think you actually need, because there's nothing worse than being frustrated and running out of time, and you know just you know then you end up just thinking about it, being worried about it.
1: Yeah, and it should be a fun experience. You you're, like, you're, exactly, you don't want to be rushed. Yeah, pick pick like um like a Sunday where where you Sundays know Sundays good. You're just relaxing, drinking some some coffee or beer, and you're just kind of throwing together your computer. Um, yeah it's kind of a relaxing experience it's kind of cathartic in a way um putting something together like that it's like um like you've mastered man versus machine putting this thing together and then when you finally boot it up um and you get the little post beep sound um it's it's actually really um it's just a really fun experience as long as it's one of the good beeps that's true (laughs) not not like a double beep or 10 beeps in a row (laughs) like crap 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 (laughs) Um, so now you want to get into the, the different parts of a computer? Yeah, sure. you want to kind of talk about that? Yeah, let's go through. So uh,
0: I guess like the first thing that your, your computer will all be based around, uh, well, I guess first two things, right? You want to decide on what processor you want to go with. That, that'll basically drive every decision. So what, what CPU, uh, the two biggest decisions here are, do I want to go with Intel or do I want to go with AMD? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, right now... Intel's got some really compelling offers, um, but historically, uh, you know, they have been the better chip. But AMD recently has also had some, like, really groundbreaking author- offers as well. Um, mm-hmm. They're outperforming the Intel stuff. So you really got to keep that st- on top of that stuff because um, it changes all the time. Those guys are constantly competing with each other.
1: I think, I think historically speaking, like speaking more about Intel versus AMD, Mm -hmm. um, because it can be kind of a tough decision, especially when you look at some of the numbers uh, for the AMD chips and you look at them like, well, this clearly blows Intel out of the water. Um, Historically speaking, Intel has been, so there's kind of two components to uh, CPUs. The first being clock speed, Mm -hmm. which is basically uh, how fast can I do things on, on a very high level? Versus uh, how many cores I have, which is parallelism. So how many things can I do at once? Basically, uh, how many arms do I have? Yeah. Um, so those are kind of the, the two things. So Intel historically, like they came out with dual core chips, meaning I have I can do two things at once, essentially. Mm-hmm. And they've kind of focused historically speaking on being fast, whereas AMD uh, had kind of eight core chips way before Intel did. Yep, they, um, and, they did.
0: At the expense of clock speed at the time. Exactly. However, no longer the case.
1: Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's been really interesting kind of looking at the arms race between these two companies. Mm-hmm. Um, historically, Intel, yeah, I mean, it was kind of a no-brainer to select their chips. Yeah. Um, but it, AMD looking at, well, eight cores, that's that's way better than two. Um. So someone might select that without thinking about how fast you're going, right? Right,
0: and like, I guess the next thing to think about um, when you're trying to decide between the two, is like, it, am I going to be upgrading this chip in the future? And if so, what am I thinking about upgrading to? Because you want to pick chips that have a compatible motherboard socket. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you're just in for another hit at, on your wallet next time you upgrade.
1: Mm-hmm. So so essentially, you can think of the, the CPU, which is the computing processing unit. Think of that as the brain. It's really the brain of, of the computer. Would yeah. that be fair to say? Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, and then, so as Anto mentioned, the CPU fits into a socket on the motherboard, and the motherboard you can kind of think of that as your entire body, right? Like it, it, um, like in our body, we uh, we have a brain, and we have a whole bunch of things that hook up to our brain. Like we have our nerves uh, that interact with with all the different components in our body. Um, we have uh also like a circulatory system that provides it um blood which is kind of like power right kind of yeah i guess the um, gives the it sh- oxygen stuff yeah, like that the,
0: the sugar and uh and food in your blood yeah would, would yeah. be the
1: power right like the so. glucose in, yeah, like in glucose, your blood exactly yeah um i'm really coming up with this analogy on the spot so i hope it's working so far um so yeah you can kind of think of the the motherboard as the pathways that that hook up all of these different components that we're going to be talking about together. Um, so the motherboard is, is quintessential to a computer. You can't, you can't, um, you can't have a kid without a mother or father, Anthony.
0: Well, where's the fatherboard then?
1: we need a fatherboard.
0: Where is it? <laughs> why, did, why?
1: So how come there isn't a fatherboard? Well, uh, we looked this up on on Reddit because we're we're both joking, joking, pardon me about. Uh, why no fatherboard? So we, look, we found a reddit post of someone that said, you know, "Where's my fatherboard?" And um, some, some good points were raised. Um, typically, on a motherboard, you are <laughs> you're plugging things in uh, into sockets on the motherboard. Um, and, and typically, not not to get overly sexual about it, um, but typically, um, even for cables and stuff like that, there's a male and a female end. Uh, yeah. To cables,
0: everything computer
1: related comes down
0: to male versus female. Yeah,
1: yeah. Really? So, so basically, the <laughs> the male end of a cable is doing the plugging, and the female end is receiving the plugging. <laughs> well, well put, Greg. I guess that's fair to say. Um, so basically, the motherboard uh, has a whole bunch of sockets where things plug into it, um, which is, I, I suppose, very female oriented. I suppose. We'll leave it. Also, at that. <laughs> uh like I think one of the better
0: points on there was that the uh, it's called a motherboard because it keeps everything together. That's true. Like your mother. Yes. Your yeah. father, not so great at keeping everything together. He's he's along for the ride and he tries to help where he can.
1: But yeah. really it's mom that does all the hard work. Yeah, it's it's really the mom that keeps the household together. You know? So that's it's it's I think it's after learning about um about those kind of couple of points on motherboards, it's very aptly named. I would say, it is. yeah. Um, so the the motherboard is kind of a, like a a giant chip, like it kind of just looks like a giant computer chip, and you basically screw it onto your case. Mm-hmm. Case is also important. A case can be anything. Uh, you can I've seen computers uh, on Reddit of cases made out of cardboard boxes.
0: Yep. Made out of cardboard boxes, uh, just hanging on the wall. I saw one guy just screwed his motherboard to
1: the wall. Yep. Technically not a case, but it, it worked. Well, it is a case. The whole house is the case. The whole is the case. That's right. Um, essentially, what you're looking for in a case is it's big enough to hold all your stuff, mm-hmm. all the components that you need, and it's well ventilated so that your computer does not overheat. It's an, you're, you're pumping electricity through a whole bunch of components and it gets hot. And we'll talk about It can about get cooling. very hot. It can get very, very hot. Um, so I, at my work, we have a couple of um, custom-built machine learning computers. So they basically chunk through numbers all day, all night. They're running 24-7. And we leave them in the office overnight running. And we come in in the morning and it is blazing hot. Because uh, we don't have a proper server room you know, mm-hmm. where it's air-conditioned. Because if you ever actually go to uh, like a server cluster farm like in amazon or google they're massive buildings that are all air conditioned um to get them down to to an appropriate temperature
0: yeah some of them have gone as far as to building those centers in uh places with cooler climates so mm-hmm. to reduce the the amount of cooling they have to do and how much it costs to cool the building
1: mm-hmm. which is actually that's uh, really intelligent yeah it's pretty smart yeah, I mean, yeah. computers don't need to be. Uh, you can access cloud computing now, where it doesn't really matter where the location of it is, um, except if you care about low ping. If you care about low ping and you care about the data that's stored on those servers, yes. and what the
0: jurisdiction they're in is allowed to do with that data. True, right? So true. I guess um,
1: we should explain ping. Ping is just um, if my computer is trying to talk to another computer anywhere in the world. The amount of time it takes for me to to communicate with that computer and for them to communicate back to me is called ping. And it's yeah. usually me- measured in milliseconds.
0: Yeah, like if you were to hit a ping pong ball against mm-hmm. the wall, how time it takes from from the time it leaves through your paddle to the
1: time it gets back yeah. to your paddle. Like if I said ping? Pong. There we go. That was probably a second. Yeah, Maybe less than a second. We're not as fast as computers. That's true. Um, what do you want to talk about, RAM next? Yeah, so, so RAM, um,
0: that's the, the memory in your computer, not to be confused with the storage, mm-hmm. uh, two different things. So your memory is where your computer stores information that's going to use right away, um, whereas storage is you know, where you would keep large files that you might access every once in a while. But the, the RAM takes that information. It's like, I'm going to be calculating something based on this data, in the near future, so I need it close by. I'm just going to keep it loaded up in the RAM. RAM stands for Random Access Memory. Um, also a very good Daft Punk album. Very good. Um, yeah, so uh, it's basically the processor is like, you know, it's the shelf right beside his desk where he's just going to take things quickly and mm-hmm. use them and put them back there. Um, so yeah, so it's important that you get RAM that is compatible with your processor and that it's fast enough to do what you're looking to do. So Mm -hmm. RAM comes in a whole variety of clock speeds, uh, measured in Hertz. So, um, you know, and different processors require different, uh, different RAM speeds to work correctly. Mm -hmm. Like the newest AMD chips, you know, they like higher clock speed RAM. Yeah. So, um, do you have anything else to add?
1: Um, well, I really like your analogy of, um, um, like kind of the shelf nearby where you're, where you're picking up information nearby your desk. Like your, your desk is, this is what I'm actively paying attention to and mm-hmm. I can only fit a certain number of pieces of paper on my desk. Yeah, exactly. So that, that's RAM, right? And then your filing cabinet beside you is, is all the stuff. That's a, that's a yeah. great analogy. I really yeah. It like takes that. a lot longer to take things out of your <clears throat> filing
0: cabinet than just take them off your desk, right? You're filing mm-hmm. cabinet, you have to go through, you have to look through all your tabs that you've labeled, where you put stuff. And then you find it, and then you then you would put it on your desk.
1: So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I really yeah. like that analogy. Um, so typically, RAM comes in usually well, right now four gigabytes, and then there's eight gigabytes, and then sixteen gigabytes. Yeah. But that's kind of less common. Comes in multiples of four. Yeah, and and usually you have more than one RAM chip. Typically, yeah,
0: you you need at least. Typically, you need a pair. of uh dims so that's like the stick of ram is called a dim Mm -hmm. um so you need a pair and they go together in in the channel Mm
1: -hmm. like so so there's dual channel and triple channel like what i was saying let's say most
0: consumer motherboards are dual channel uh right now unless you're getting like really really high end Mm -hmm. um and need need more ram but you know in general like the most i've you know only built one triple channel machine and the rest of mine have all been dual channel.
1: Mm-hmm. So. so how much how much RAM is necessary for kind of your standard setup? A standard setup? Like I'm running Windows 10.
0: I, I like to go with 16 gigabytes of RAM.
1: Mm-hmm. I was going to say 8. 8,
0: I you know, if you get into any sort of workload where you're, where you're importing a lot of data or you're doing any sort of analysis like that, they can get chewed up really quickly. 8, because like the OS uses 4.
1: Mm-hmm. Right.
0: So... Um, At least windows does yep um so um i i think 16 gives you the headroom you need to to accomplish any task like you know within reason any like normal like i'm just gonna do gaming or do a little bit of work here and there um it's good for that if you're a lighter user you can get away with eight for sure Mm -hmm. um and then no we're talking personal computing not not guys that are using these machines to to edit video and stuff like that if you're doing that obviously you probably know what you're talking about when it comes to mm-hmm. uh, tech specs, anyway. So, um, well, maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe not. Um, but yeah, so you could go 32 or 64. Um, if you do end up going that high, you have to be careful to make sure that your CPU will actually support um, RAM up to those capacities. Um, a lot of chips um, will have requirements once you start getting up higher that they need certain. They will only work with certain kinds of RAM. Um, and, you know, certain clock speeds and capacities and stuff like that, so.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, why don't we take a quick break and then we can get into hard drives and solid state drives and the difference between those. Sure. Amazon is a website that will ship you anything you need in life, literally anything. You can even buy uranium ore and start your own nuclear reactor today. Sign up for an Amazon Prime subscription and get two day free shipping, access to Prime video and music streaming services, and 20% off diapers delivered right to your door. You don't even need to take off your pajamas. Sign up for Prime using the link bit.ly forward slash Amazon Knickknack Nerd, which also supports this podcast. And now back to the show.
0: All right, we're back. So next thing you're going to want to look at uh, when, you're, when you're putting the, the list for parts for your computer together is storage. So how much space do I need? Um, if you're like me, uh, I like to go with no less than one terabyte. Um, and going with that, like there, there's two decisions to make. Do you want a, a hard disk drive or a solid state drive? So HDD or SSD. Um, for me right now, there's there's no competition. I'll just go straight SSD, um, unless I like want to have a lot more storage. But the price of SSDs has gotten to the point where it's it's not uh, prohibitively expensive anymore. So, you know, having that extra performance, SSDs SSDs are much more performant than hard drives. Um, you know, it's just a no brainer to me.
1: It, that never used to be the case. It used to be that <clears throat> solid state drives would have small amounts of storage. Um, but they'd be very, very fast. So you used to put your operating system onto the solid-state drive, and then you would put all your files onto the hard drive. Um, essentially, the difference between the two is you can think of a solid-state drive as like a flash drive, and your hard drive is essentially like a spinning disk.
0: It's like a record player for your computer.
1: It is, oh, that's totally, yeah, that's true. Yeah. You have a, a spinning platter in there that stores is it a magnetic disk um, that stores zeros and ones, and it has an arm, kind of like a record player arm, that seeks over all of these spots on the disc as it's spinning. So you might have heard of things like 7,200 RPM drives or 5,200 RPM drives. 56. 56. Um, and 10,000. And 10,000, yeah, the Raptor drives. So uh, that is literally how many revolutions per minute. Um, that uh, that spinning platter is going inside that encasement.
0: Yeah. So the faster it can spin, the faster it can get you the information you're looking for. But the faster it spins, the more likely it is to break.
1: Yes. Yeah. So hard drive failures are kind of rampant with um, typical HDDs.
0: I would say the performance is usually pretty good. Um, I haven't had too many failures over you know my use. Only a couple couple drives here and there
1: yeah i've had two that have failed
0: yeah, yeah but um you know and a lot of those times there'll be drives that are way past their warranty period by mm-hmm. the time they fail so um i wouldn't be afraid of hard drives by any means but uh ness SD isn't gonna fail in that mode anyway
1: yeah yeah that's very true um do you want to talk a little bit about raid
0: sure so um raid is a way to set up Uh, multiple hard drives to appear to the computer as if they're one Um, and like you might ask well why would I do that one you could want a larger volume that is that is available in just one disk and you only have two smaller disks two um, you can get improved um, improved performance on the hard drives if you set them up in a raid zero which it puts half the data on each of the drives in a striped sort of fashion or you can want some more redundancy where you're, you're really worried about that data, you know, losing it because of a drive failure or something like that. So you would set them up in a RAID 1, which essentially mirrors the drives and takes care of that all in the background for you so you don't have to go and make two copies of everything all the time.
1: Also, when hard drives fail, they can sound very scary. Now, remember the first time that I had a hard drive fail? Like, think about it this way. There's a small metal case, and inside that case is essentially a saw blade that's spinning around at 7,200 RPM, and think if that gets even a little bit off kilter, it makes like a horrible screeching noise, and uh, you just, you know that something's wrong.
0: Yeah, like, one of the biggest failures for that type of drive is that the actual reed head crashes into the disc, mm-hmm. Yeah, right, so, and like, so there's just gonna be something grinding on it at 7,200 Rotations per minute, right? So
1: it, it's kind of like when you um, when you're stopped at a red light, and to your left is this really old caravan, like a minivan, that's pulling up beside you, and uh, the wheels that are spinning are hitting the brake pads just a little bit, and it makes a horrible screeching noise. That's what happens to your hard drive. Yeah, not not a good experience. Not not a good experience. Um, but at the same time, now we're kind of getting into the point, like you mentioned, where SSDs are, you know, do have the memory capacity of, of a typical spinning platter hard drive. Um, I'd say they
0: have the same capacity, but they, a little have, bit less. they have enough for uh, personal computing uses. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are server farms that use exclusively SSDs now. That's very cool. Yeah. Um, but for the most part, you know, you do want to go with SSD. It's just a better option for, for most uses.
1: Yeah. Yeah, And then, so now we can talk about other methods of, of data storage. So basically other appendages you might want to have on your computer, um, to input data. So, um, most computers these days have USB drives on them. So you can put in a thumb drive, um, which, you know, you can transfer files through it that way. Um, back in the day, there was three and a half inch floppy disk drives where it was, um, Basically a a little rectangular, actually a square, like a little square um, floppy disk, I guess, where you would put it into the little slot and it would read it. Um, And then there was also the five inch floppy, which was a a bigger, the bigger, blacker version.
0: Actually floppy.
1: Yeah. And it was actually floppy. You could take it in your hand and make that like
0: that noise. I can't even make the noise. (laughs) Something like that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And uh another thing is a uh, disc drive. Um so historically speaking I've I've kind of always put disc drives in my computer. Um, I don't know why. Like this one this one actually does have a disc drive in it. Um, I don't even know when I've used it.
0: My current one does not have it. Yeah. Uh, there's not even a space on the front of my case to put one.
1: Mhm. Yeah, it's probably just all fans on the front, right? It's
0: all fans like radiator on the front and the be- and the top. So Yeah. Like there's just
1: nowhere. Yeah, it's. I, I would anything. say it's kind of a dying technology. Um, everything is being superseded by by USB or USB, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So like, you probably don't even need one.
0: You don't. You you really don't. As long as your motherboard supports Wi-Fi or you're gonna be plugged in, which I, I would recommend.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, then you're good to go.
1: Yeah. Well, even even some of the newer MacBooks, uh, they don't even have disk drives on them anymore.
0: I don't think any of them
1: do. Yeah, I don't think so. Especially not the Airs. They don't have any. I mean, they only have two USB ports. Yeah, that's right. And and they're USB-C. USB-C. So if you want to plug in uh, your anything. standard, uh, <laughs> you need a dongle so that you can plug in your flash drive and, and you know use it properly. Or even a mouse or anything like yeah, that.
0: Yeah, that, that's a whole
1: other rabbit hole. <laughs> Very much so. Um, all right, so we've talked about motherboards, fatherboards, RAM, mm-hmm. CPU... Storage, so being uh, hard drives, SSDs, um, CDs, pen drives. Um, now we're gonna start getting into GPUs, so that's a graphics processing unit. Um, so these, they look kind of monstrous. They kind of look, especially the newer ones. They kind of end up looking like, like a drone of some sort. A drone. Yeah, they have a dr- yeah, like the I picked up um, a GeForce. 1080 Ti. Yeah, uh, I guess with like all the fans, you're, you're thinking. Yeah, they look like one of those yeah. drones
0: that have like the fans sort of like encased in something. And they're yes. just like a flying box.
1: Yes. Okay. Totally. Yeah, like the the newer uh, 1080 Ti has two fans on the bottom, and it just looks like it should fly.
0: Yeah, some of them look very aggressive.
1: Mm-hmm. And they're very big. Like they're a. It's a wide a chip. Than,
0: a lot bigger than they used to be.
1: Yeah. 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 Uh, quite a large chip. Um, with with a lot of fans on it, and they typically require extra power. So you'll need not only uh, the power from the slot, but you need uh, another cable coming from your uh, power supply to your graphics card to power it, if if you're buying kind of like a, a newer state-of-the-art one.
0: Like an enthusiast-level card, I would call it. Yeah. Will like it will require power.
1: Yeah. So um, a lot of motherboards have integrated graphics processing on it well
0: the, not the motherboard the the cpu the cpu has yeah, it. yeah intel integrated graphics is something intel has oh okay um historically intel or amd has not uh, had integrated graphics mm-hmm. on their chip so they they will require a card mm-hmm. but uh, the intel stuff all has integrated graphics on it
1: cool um so Instances where you might want a uh, graphics processing unit is you're doing gaming, uh-huh. so you're doing video games. You probably want a GPU. If you're doing any sort of artificial intelligence, machine learning sort of calculations,
0: well, you need a specific set of GPU for that.
1: Uh, no, I use a like, I use a GeForce 1080 exactly. Ti. You, you would yeah. need
0: an NVIDIA card.
1: Yeah, yeah, you need CUDA an course. NVIDIA to do CUDA. Yeah, that's that's a very good point instead of the the AMD side. Um, yeah, so if you're doing uh, machine learning um if you're doing Bitcoin mining um historically people have just used regular GPUs, but now there are specific graphics processing units that are just devoted to mining Bitcoin yep or other cryptocurrencies um so if you're kind of in that area, uh, I would definitely do some more research on more much more research, much more research um, but that's getting kind of specialized um but those are kind of the the areas where you might want graphics processing units. Um, but historically speaking, mostly just used for for video games, video games,
0: or you know, if you're a YouTuber, mm-hmm. you you have to process that video before you upload it.
1: Oh, that's very true. Yeah, yeah. Even even um, yeah, any sort of like video rendering. If you're in um, like 3D Studio Max, you're doing 3D models, um, like ray tracing for. Um, um, lighting yep. for example like well, all that photoshop
0: kind of stuff. has uh, gpu acceleration
1: that's right yeah photoshop's uh, like an image manipulation software uh for professionals um yeah so you're gonna want um, to check the size of your case for for gpus you can get small cases you can get medium cases you can get large cases and larger cases and larger cases being the whole room (laughs) is that what you're saying
0: no there's like there's like the the large case and there's like the extra right extra large with this really a behemoth that most people do not need or want
1: right but it would give you you wouldn't need to worry about space well you might in your house that's true that's very true (laughs) Um, so just make sure if you're buying the enthusiast level GPU, just make sure that um, the case that you're picking out is big enough. I will say that because there's been some tight fits in uh, the builds that I've done in the past. Yeah.
0: A lot of cases will say that they, they fit those cards or not.
1: Yeah. So, so now let's talk about um, the, the blood part of it, the cardiovascular part that's delivering glucose to all these components. Anto loves my analogy so much. It's so good. Um, so let's talk about the PSU, which is the power supply unit.
0: Yeah, so, um, you know, most people, uh, when, they, when they think about power, they, they're not really sure how much power they need, so they buy too much. I've seen a lot of people, you know, in my experience, they don't know, and they'll just get a thousand watt power supply, which is, in most cases, way too much. If, you, if you're not going to use a calculator or anything, 650 is probably a good spot to land on 650 watts. Um, but you know if you if you want to optimize a little bit more, go go online use one of those computer power supply calculators, plug in your components and it'll spit out the, the power supply you need.
1: And then take that and then add a little bit.
0: Sure if, if just that, a little if bit that helps you sleep. Yeah.
1: Well, yeah, well, think about if you want to add, you know, some other that's little right. thing in your computer, like a fan control. Ex-
0: oh, you just yeah, sure. want to
1: make sure that sure. you have just a little bit above that, but maybe not yeah, no, like 400 point. watts above. Yeah, good point.
0: Um, so you don't want to do that. And then the other thing, like power supplies can actually get like pretty confusing for what they actually do. They have all these sort of different certification. There's like silver, gold, platinum rated power supplies. Um, and that, that, that really... Um, basically boils down to the quality uh, and stability of the power they're providing your computer so the more expensive the parts in your computer are the more you want to spend on a power supply you most likely get that platinum um you know so you have good stable power it's not going to blow anything up in your machine
1: and do do some of them have surge protectors in them in the psus or do you have to buy an external surge protector
0: i would always use an external surge protector or uh You know, backup battery bank. What the heck is that called right now?
1: I'm not sure. It it kind of it comes down to basically the country that you live in.
0: Oh, uninterruptible power supply. That's what I was trying to say.
1: Nice. Um, So it kind of comes down to the stability of the power uh, that you receive in your sockets in your home.
0: You can't control uh, the power you're receiving, but you want to, you know, be able to filter it and provide a good source to your machine. Um, it really protects your investment.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, because um, if you're sort of getting into the enthusiast uh, portion of of you know how much you're paying for a, a computer, um, you want to protect that investment, right? You want to protect
0: wanna... it, and that equipment requires like pretty precise levels of power. Um, like everything in a computer really comes down to voltage, mm-hmm. right? That drives you know how fast your clock speeds are going to go, and like if you get into overclocking, one of the most common ways. To do so is change the voltage that's being provided
1: to the chip. Hmm. Yeah, I don't... Do you want to get into overclocking? Maybe because it's kind of after you... Yeah, that's a whole
0: other topic um, and definitely a more advanced topic. So I don't think we need to go over it.
1: Check out out this segue. If you're doing overclocking and you know what that is, you might need more fans. Let's talk about cooling. Cooling, nice. (laughs) Yeah, You like that? Yeah. Um, So there's kind of many different ways to cool off all of the components in your computer. Um, Kind of the the base level is fans. Um, Fans will take hot air in your case and blow it out and replace it with with cooler air to to basically cool your components that are in there. Um, There's also heat sinks. Um, So basically, they kind of look like a whole bunch of vertical towers, uh, thin vertical towers Um, for example, on your motherboard. And these basically take the heat that's coming off the chip and radiate it outwards, um, which then that thermal energy can be taken out by the fans. Mm -hmm. Are all fans equal?
0: They are not. Um, So different fans, like you can look, um, you know, when you're going to buy fans, they'll have basically on them um, their CFM rating or cubic feet per minute um, that that fan can through itself or pull or push or what what have you um so um for your you know you have a big heat sink you want to make sure you're able to push a large volume of air through that through your heat sink like if you have a radiator um and so a lot of fans there's like basically two kinds of fans, right once it's been really fast to do that and once it's been slower but are larger hmm. uh, to do the same thing um Personally, I prefer uh, Noctua fans. They have. I think I my, have that
1: in my machine as well.
0: In my opinion, the best performance. I think that's a pretty well uh, established, you know, opinion as well. Lots of other people share it. So, um, you know, if, you, if you're really unsure of what to get, you can go there. They're you know, they have some of them have this ugly brown color, but mm-hmm. they work nice.
1: That's right. Um, one thing to think about with um, kind of super powered fans like that is the amount of noise that they produce. If you're doing anything uh, surrounding audio recording, um, anything like that, um, be wary of that. Uh, Even your power supply fan. Um, So in the past, because I do a lot of audio recording, um, I've gotten silent, uh, well, near silent um, power supply units um, that actually, they measure the decibel level and make sure that it's low. So it's used for recording environments. Um, and, And even, like right now I'm recording the podcast on my laptop. Um, because I can't use my tower because it has fans that are built for, for gaming and machine learning and stuff like that. Um, so you would totally hear it, uh, right now if we were podcasting. Um, so Anto, you're the one that kind of got me into liquid cooling. So do you want to kind of give like a really fast rundown of liquid versus air cooling?
0: Yeah. So like in general, uh, both ways of cooling are are the same, right? So you push a cooler fluid so you know gases or gas or fluid you push a cooler gas or fluid over um the heat spreader or heat sink whatever you want to call it um, and that transfers the heat from the chip you're trying to cool into the liquid and then the liquid is you know expelled or in the case of a water loop run through a radiator and then cooled off that way the same way as your car would
1: be Mm -hmm. and uh for for the people that are kind of worried about introducing you know, uh, a liquid into all of these components um, safe? Uh, depending on what you
0: do, right? So, um, a custom liquid cooling solution where where you build all the piping and bend bend the pipe, and you attach all the fittings yourselves. There's an obviously level obvious level of risk there, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's as good as you are. It's as good as you are. So if if you're meticulous and and you do good work and you make sure everything is watertight then you shouldn't have any issues Mm -hmm. um that said there are also commercial all-in-one liquid cooling solutions which you know in some cases can be have have the same performance as some air cooling solutions however they are a lot smaller um in your case Mm -hmm. Um, aside from the radiator which is which is huge but i find it a lot easier to work around when when I'm putting the machine together. So that's kind of my preference in, you know, effort versus uh, performance. I don't want to get into. Um, You could definitely, lots of people do go with a custom water cooling solution. Um, It's a lot more, uh, has a lot more possibilities, um, but requires a lot more effort, um, you know, and care to set up.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, so you can get uh, an intro level kind of closed loop commercial Um, water cooling system for, I think as low as 50 bucks. It's kind of like the intro level one. Yeah. Less than a hundred bucks for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So you can, you can kind of get into that area. Um, a lot of them have LEDs in it, which can make your case look pretty cool. Um, change colors. Um, so if you want to go down that path, uh, that's pretty cool. Um, did you like my pun there? Pretty cool. Pretty cool. Um, so now let's talk about, so that's pretty everything that's in your computer, um, do you want to say a quick few words about cable management? Yeah, so cable management um,
0: is important, especially in an air-cooled machine, because those cables can block the airflow uh, to your various components, right? Um, so, you know, it's important to to take the time and make sure those cables are rooted and, and, and stored out of the way so they're not collecting dust and, and getting in the way of the airflow. And, you know, really, if they're hurting your airflow. They're hurting your performance if your machine can't cool to the way it needs to.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's really succinct. That's good. Um, so that's kind of everything internal to the computer. Um, there's also a whole bunch of peripherals that you will need to interact with your computer. Um, so these are things like uh, a mouse you need to be able to click things on your desktop. Um, a keyboard, you'd be able to put input, basically Mm -hmm. text input, um, You may or may not need a printer. That's up to you. Um, but you will need a monitor. That's for sure. You will um, definitely need a monitor. So there's a lot of options uh, when it
0: comes to monitors. Um, not so much anymore, but I guess you could, if you could find one, you could use a, a CRT screen. <laughs> God. Um, but but most monitors right now will be, be an LED monitor. Um, so basically you know monitors all personal preference there's there's a lot of things to think about uh refresh rate how big do i want it to be and how much do i want to pay mm-hmm. are, are basically what comes down to it and if it has g-sync or free sync if that's something you care about which are ways for your video card to sync up with your monitor um you know for for the mo- for the average user not super important but if you get into gaming um especially more competitive things um where, where you need those you know split second decisions uh, you know, higher refresh rate monitor, which or free sync or FreeSync is probably the way to go.
1: Yeah, I think it's really good. Um, so now we kind of talked about all the parts in the computer. Uh, let's take a quick break and then we'll start talking about how to put all that stuff together and then how to boot up for the first time and put your operating system on it. Humble bundle is a video game subscription service that selects a bunch of fun games each month and you choose which games you want to keep forever with the subscription you also get a 20 percent discount off of thousands of games on the humble store i often find myself browsing steam not knowing what i want to play when that time could be better spent trying a handful of good hand-picked games sign up for a humble choice basic or premium subscription using the link bit.ly forward slash humble nerd. Your subscription not only gets you a handful of great video games, but also supports this podcast. Now back to the show. All right. Now that we're back, uh, we're going to be talking about how to put all of these components that you just bought into your case. Um, so it might look like a lot of stuff. You're going to have a lot of boxes. Everything's going to be kind of everywhere. Um, the first thing I usually do no, when hold I'm... on
0: the first thing you should do, Greg, is you want to take a picture of all those nice boxes well, on true. top of your
1: desk. To put it in on Instagram or what? You got to post that on PC Master Race, man. <laughs> there you go. Um, so uh, open up your power supply unit. That's usually the first thing that I install um, in my case. It's the one that has all of the cables coming off of it. Um, so it's really good to kind of start with cable management and, and realize you know where you got to plug stuff in um depending on your motherboard um and how big it is um you might want to put your motherboard in first and kind of get that screwed onto the case before you throw the
0: motherboard in there make sure you put the the io shield into the case what io shield there's a little that little clip-in thing that goes in the back where all the like the ports are on your motherboard Mm. you want to put that thing in before you put your motherboard. Otherwise you can have to take it out or just like deal with a hole in the back of your case.
1: Oh yes, yes, that's right. Um, so the IO shield is on the back of your case. Um, it's kind of like a, a little thin aluminum sheet with a whole bunch of writing on it that says, hey, this is your um, this is where you plug in your mouse. This is where you plug in this, this is where you plug in this. Um, yeah, so that yeah, that definitely needs to go in before your motherboard. Um, so put your motherboard in there, get the power supply unit in there, and then you're going to start hooking up all of your, um, additional things. So, um, if it's kind of your first time putting in uh, a CPU onto a motherboard, um, you might want to ask if, um, the place that you're buying it from will do it for you. If you're not comfortable, it has a whole bunch of small pins on it. And there is a possibility that you put it in incorrectly. And when you press down to clamp the CPU onto your motherboard, it could bend the pins if it's not incorrectly. Um, there is a little notification um, that's written on the CPU that lets you know that it's in the right spot, in the right orientation. Um, so just take a step back, use your brain cells, and you got this. You can do it. Then, um, after you have your CPU and the motherboard, throw in your RAM sticks. Um, then then what do you
0: usually do you might want to consult your motherboard motherboard manual if you only have two sticks of ram to make sure you put them in the right slots right otherwise when you press the power button it's gonna beep and nothing's gonna happen
1: yes yeah um so usually when you get a motherboard it will come with kind of an instruction manual of how to put all this stuff in there um so just follow it it'll go step by step it'll kind of say what we're saying um it'll kind of let you know the ordering um a lot more detailed and yeah and a lot more detailed but but not overly detailed to the point where you'd be completely lost No,
0: it'll tell you everything you need to know
1: yeah exactly so even if you haven't done before you'll be able to follow that instruction guide kind of like an ikea manual putting together a piece of furniture
0: yeah I'd say like putting together a computer now as long as you're not doing custom water cooling is a lot like you know building a lego set if you can build a lego set it's very similar.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I, I totally push things agree.
0: in until you hear the click,
1: and you're good. Totally, and yeah, do not be frightened by by the fact that you're you know putting together a computer. It's really kind of just like Lego, just like Andrew said. Um, so then after that, I would kind of go into your your hard drive, um, hooking that up to the motherboard, um, putting in your GPU, all that kind of stuff. Um, you want to make sure if you have um, Liquid cooling, that you um, put that and install that, um, the heat sink and the radiator part over top of your CPU. Um, And then just kind of like take a sit rep, take a step back, look at all your boxes. Have I put everything in? (laughs) That's kind of a good step, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Try to go one thing at a time. Yeah, yeah. Do kind of one component at a time. Um, And then uh, plug it into the wall. And um, you then want the to load up your operating system on there. So if you're using Windows, um, you can put it onto a flash drive and put that into a USB uh, slot on your computer. And it should load up. And now Windows installation is pretty simple. Like It just loads up and it says where you want to install Windows. Click Next s- and follow the <laughs> yeah, instructions. Just, like, yeah. It's keep, easy. Keep pressing Next. Um and at the end of the day, you'll have a, a brand spanking new computer exactly how you want it, and hopefully cheaper than than a precompiled set.
0: Hopefully, when you do boot into Windows for the first time, you're gonna want the one thing you do want to make sure is that you have, you know, the most up to date graphics card drivers for your video card.
1: Hmm. Yeah, that's so, very true.
0: Go to the manufacturer's website, download the latest driver. It should install super easily as well they most of them now have like a little app you can install on your machine that can handle all that for you as well um mm-hmm. uh, make I think, it, make it really i think easy on the
1: them. nvidia side it's the nvidia geforce experience I think yeah is what it's it called. is
0: i'm not sure what the amd one is i haven't had an yeah. amd card in a very long time
1: yeah same here um so it used to be when you built a computer you had to download a driver and install it for everything and it took forever um, like, you would need one for your hard drive. You need one for your disk drive. You need one for... It was crazy. You need mm-hmm. a driver for everything. Um, and a driver is basically software that tells, um, you know, how your operating system interacts with a piece of hardware, essentially.
0: Yeah. It's that, that low-level interaction. Like, how do I save things on you? How do I read things from you? How mm-hmm. how do I know you're pointing here?
1: Yeah. And, and now... Um, As Andrew said, a lot of things are just kind of built in Um, and and save the graphics card. Like the graphics card, you will need to go to if you have an NVIDIA card, go to NVIDIA, uh, their website, go download it.
0: Like it'll work without the driver, Mm -hmm. but it won't work the way it's supposed to.
1: Yeah. And and another thing, if you have a printer, you then need a printer driver. That seems to be the other thing that, that you always need a driver for.
0: Printers are probably the most frustrating thing to hook up to your computer at this point.
1: Yeah. So
0: just don't buy one. Just don't
1: buy it. <laughs> you don't need it, anyways. Use someone else's. You're a digital else's. person. Use someone else's. <laughs> That's right. Go over, <laughs> go over to your mom's house and go print some things. You don't need it. Um, anything else you want to say about about building your own computer? Don't be frightened. Just go buy some stuff. Um, get some help with from friends. Read a whole bunch of stuff. Research. Yeah. and uh, listen to this podcast again while you're building it.
0: Yeah, if you have a friend that's also interested in doing it, I would recommend doing it together. It's kind of a cool thing to do for an afternoon.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's a good, good way to get together with a buddy and uh, put something together. Uh, so you can find additional info and links to what we talked about in this episode on our website, knickknacknerd.com. If you want to write in with stories or feedback, send us an email at hello at knickknacknerd.com. You can reach us on social media. We have uh, Twitter, Facebook, uh, Instagram. Uh, all our handles are at knickknacknerd. Um, you can download and subscribe to this podcast on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcasts. And leave us a review. Uh, Give us a hand. Um, you can also support us on Patreon by visiting patreon.com slash and donate as little as $1 a month to help us keep the metaphorical lights on. I'm Greg. I'm Anto. And thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time.